I love the Word of God. If you could turn into Mark chapter 8, you can turn in your Bibles or turn on your Bibles, however, however sits uh, good with you. But I love the Word of God. I grew up Baptist, so I had to learn the Word of God before I loved the Word of God. Y'all know what I'm talking about, you know, through all the programs, and, and uh, but I'm so thankful for my Baptist up- upbringing. And then when I became a teenager is when I really started to dive in and things of the Spirit and, and uh, the things of God. And I heard our, our pastor say in Missouri one time, uh, if you have too much Word and no Spirit, you'll dry up. If you have too much Spirit with no Word, you'll blow up. If you have the Spirit and the Word, you'll grow up. And so I think that's that's pretty solid stuff right there. So uh, but yeah, we served in we served in ministry uh, in Missouri for a while, and that's actually where we met Dave and Leanne Turbot as well. So uh, Ashlyn, she was in my youth group. I was her youth pastor for a while, and then they had a son. They have a son named Peyton who's over there, and all the UT fans said, "Amen." Amen. That was weak. Okay. So yeah, Peyton and Ashlyn. So it's good to see the Turbots. We haven't seen them in a while, but let's get into the word. Mark chapter eight, and we'll start in verse thirteen. And he left them, he being Jesus, and getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, Is it because we have no bread? But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes do you not see, and having ears do you not hear? And do you not remember? He's pretty much saying, are y'all dumb? (laughs) When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? I can kind of see this whole discord. And they're like, 12? Yeah, also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets did you take up? Seven. So he said to them, how is it you do not understand? How is it you do not understand? Let me draw your attention back to verse 18. And do you not remember? When I read that this week, it just really popped out of me. So I'm going to use that as a title. Do you not remember? Smack your neighbor and say, you got to remember his title. Do not, do not remember. Do you not remember? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness to us. Thank you for this house, Lord. Thank you for Pastor Eddie and Amanda. Thank you for who they are, not just in this body, and not just in this city, but to so many people all over the world. And Lord, we just speak blessings over them and their marriage and over their kids, their family. And Lord, I pray that you uh, speak to us. I pray that we have ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart to perceive what you want to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So school is back in session. Pastor A said school's back, you know, and it's pretty chaotic at the Dow House. You know, new schedules, waking up early, just, you know, going at it. And uh, there's so many times in the morning where we hear, I can't find my shoes. I don't know where my shoes are. Where are my shoes? I can't find them. And then my wife always asks the question, when was the last time you saw them? You know, and she's like, I don't know. I had them yesterday. I had them on my feet yesterday. Well, you know, where are they now? I don't know. I can't remember. Or you will hear, uh, I can't find my glasses. I don't know where my glasses are. I need my glasses. When's the last time? I don't know. I, ha- I just can't find my glasses. Can't find my shoes. And that's just me. And my kids are even worse than that. They can't find much of anything. So we're all trying to get out the door and, and, and just run. And, and, but it always feels like I'm forgetting where my stuff is. Our kids are forgetting where the stuff is. 
except for one thing. And men, I could probably get a witness on this. Whenever we are walking out of Publix or Kroger or Walmart or something like that, my wife says, where's the car? Where do we park? I always know where we park. For some reason, you know what I'm saying. I always know when we park. You know, I'm like, you know, parking lot X, you know, space 28. I know exactly where we park. So I make a beeline for the van. And if I don't know, I have a key fob that has a panic button on it. And I'll hit that and like, yeah, I knew exactly where we were. So I always know where we're at, where we're parked at. But you know what? There's so many times in my life that I feel like Jesus is saying, do you not remember? Do you not remember? And you know, us and the disciples, there's a lot of similarities, you know? And I'm going to give you guys just a quick list of some of the things that the disciples saw prior to this. Here's the list. Jesus fed 4,000 men, women, and children. Before that, he fed 5,000. Jesus healed a man who was deaf and mute. Jesus delivered a girl who had a demonic spirit with just a word. People were healed at the helm of Jesus' garment. Jesus calmed the wind and the waves. Jesus delivered a demon-possessed man. Jesus turned water into wine. And yet they're still worried. Ah, is it because we didn't bring any bread? But as much as we were very similar to the disciples, the disciples were very similar to the Israelites. When God was bringing them out of Egypt, let's look at this list. They were wanting, they were always needing, they're always asking, and God keeps doing, God keeps fulfilling. God is faithful. This is who he is. So let's look at this list. God brought not one plague on the Egyptians, not two, but ten. Israelites left Egypt, and the Egyptians gave of their possessions. God led them by fire, by night, and a cloud in the day to protect them in the desert. God departed the Red Sea for them, delivered them from their enemies. God didn't allow their clothes or shoes to wear out. God brought them tasty water from a bitter brook. God gave them manna from heaven and quail to eat when they were complaining about they didn't have any meat. God gave them water on two separate occasions from rocks. God establishes them as a nation with laws and orders for healthy living. He provides them with a calendar and feast to celebrate. He makes a promise, a covenant with them, and renews a covenant. He gives them a blueprint on how to build a tabernacle where God will meet with them. God stops the water of the Jordan River and brings them across. God brings victory to the enemies all around them. God tears down the walls of Jericho. God, through much patience and long suffering, brings the Israelites to the promised land. So what are you worried about tonight? What am I worried about tonight? He's faithful. He's faithful. How many, how many have ever experienced a miracle or faithfulness of God? Slip your hand up. I mean, we're in the house. Look at that. That's amazing. That's amazing. Let's get real. We're family. How many people need a miracle tonight? Yeah. Yeah. He's faithful. God is faithful. You know, we, Pastor Eddie mentioned, you know, we went to Christ for the Nations. Where, um, I'm originally from, uh, ten, I've been in Tennessee since I was a teenager. My wife's from Murfreesboro, born and raised. And after MTSU, he called us to go uh, get trained at Christ for the Nations. And I remember, I remember it so well. It's just, I mean, maybe eight years, nine years ago or so. And um, I remember when we told our folks, hey, we're, we're headed to Dallas, Texas, to Christ for Nations. And we had Caleb, who was a baby, and Jackson, just a couple years older. So we have two young boys. And as parents are, and as good parents should be, they ask, well, what's the plan? Well, we're going to Christ for Nations. All right. How's it? What about A? What about B? What about C? What about B? I don't know. We're going to Christ for the Nations. And we're trying to walk in faith, and we're trying to be responsible and walk in wisdom and, and do right. You know, but I was finishing my job up, and we're leaving in August, and we're trying to get everything settled so it would be great. I'm looking for jobs online. I'm talking with people that I know there. You know, I have two young kids. 
we're married. And so I'm trying to provide for my family and trying to get enough money saved up to go. Well, the summer comes and goes, and then we're still don't have everything we need to go. Actually, we don't have anything. And so the time comes, and we were a week out, and then a few days out, and I'm like, Lord, we need you. Well, our family decides to throw us a party. Some friends of ours and some family members decide to kind of throw us a going-away party. And, and uh, I remember thinking, oh, this is going to be very embarrassing. This is going to be so embarrassing because we don't have anything to go. And here they are throwing us a party. I'm like, all right, yeah, thanks, and we're not leaving. So they, uh, they, they, they throw us this party, and they're speaking words over us, and they're speaking love over us. And there's a little table. They're giving gifts and little envelopes and stuff like that. And uh, after the party was over, uh, we were just kind of cleaning up and putting things up. And then, then we sit down at the kitchen table, and we start kind of going through some gifts and some envelopes. And we start looking at these checks. And we start counting the cash. And all of a sudden, we counted all of it in total. We had enough to get a rental truck. We didn't have money to get a rental truck. We had enough money to get a rental truck to get gas in the rental truck to make a drive down to Dallas, Texas. We had enough money when we got there to get our apartment on campus to make the first payment for our tuition. And that money lasted, the rest of the money lasted all the way up until I got a job. And all we had was a word. All I, all I had was go. And all we said was yes. Uh, we're nothing special. I mean, we're just two people from Tennessee. And all we did was say yes to the Lord. And he showed up and he was faithful. When we got there, I got a job. And I'm a salesman. I'm working for a construction company. I'm in Dallas. You know, there's probably over a thousand construction companies. And, and we're there. And I remember leaving campus, going to work after my classes. And I turned left. And as I was turning left in on uh, and through the intersection, my car just stops. My lights are working. My car is running, but I just stop and I just jerk. And I'm like, what is going on? So I get out of the car. My wheels, you know how they turn when you're, when you're making a turn, they're completely backwards. And so I get out and I call, call somebody who knows a mechanic. They came by, we got the car towed. And this guy says, you have a hole in your subframe of your car. He said, I've never seen something like this unless it was a car accident. Did you get an accident? I said, no, I didn't get an accident. I just stopped right in the middle of the intersection. He said, well, I got news for you. It's totaled. I was like, are you serious? I just got a job. I just got, you know, just started, go, just started working and my car is totaled. So here we are again. Lord, we don't know what we're going to do. You called us here. You, you provided this for us. We need you. We get a phone call from someone. Uh, someone calls us and says, hey, listen, we know we, we heard what happened. We want to bless you guys for money to get a car. Not just that, we got a van. And I think that was prophetic because we had two more kids after that. So we, so we got a van that was given to us. Well, I borrowed for a few days my neighbor's car, which is a really nice car. It was a Hyundai uh, Santa Fe. It had leather seats, power everything, seat warmer, you know, all that stuff. And uh, his name was Brad. And I said, Brad, you will not believe it, man. Uh, and I gave him the keys and I said, man, here you go. Here's the keys back. I said, thank you so much for letting us borrow that. We got a new car. He said, what? He said, that's great, man. I'm glad you got a new car, but God told me to give you this one. He throws the keys back to me. So I got two paid for vehicles. This is who he is. And we didn't do anything. So we're just crying out to God and we're just believing on him. Two new vehicles. Well, I, when our time was up at CFNI, we 
freely receive, freely give. We gave our car to a Venezuelan student. And she's crying. She said, you have no idea how much I've been praying for God to provide. And then, uh, then a truck was given to us. And then we gave away that truck. And then now we got another truck because it was given to us. And we're just seeing the miracles of God. And it's nothing that who we are. We're just believing God that he is faithful. I, th- I love that song. This is who he is. And I just, whenever we're coming up into a new need, I always have to say, do I really remember? Do I really remember the good thing of, of God? So how do we, how do we remember? How do we walk in remembrance when things come at us? Because they're going to come and we're going to get over it and they're, they're going to come again. But number one, I submit to you, this is what we do. We got to preach what God has done. Preach what God has done. I saw so many hands raised up when I said, who has ever seen a miracle of God? Preach what God has done. You know, I've, I've, that's the, I, I've come to find out that's the quickest and easiest way to share the gospel is just preach what God has done in your life, the good news that he has done in your life. You know, I used to think you got to get a 10-pound King James Bible and open up and tell them how much of a sinner they are. But no, you just share the goodness of the Lord and what he, he has done for you. You preach, this is, what, this is who I used to be. Let me tell you who I used to be. Let me tell you what I used to do. But God has delivered me. He has saved me. He has set me free. He has set my feet upon the rock. And, he, and I just preached what God has done in me. And that's contagious. So we have to preach what God has done. Write down miracles. Make a memorial. You know, God told Joshua to make a memorial. Y'all remember that? It's found in Joshua 4, 1 through 7. And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, take for, your, take for yourselves 12 men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them saying, take for yourselves 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. And then Joshua called the 12 men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. And each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. That this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time coming, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. You know, my mom, she has a little, she has a little jar, a little Mason jar, glass jar. And every year she'll write the the year on it, like 2017, 2018. And at the beginning of the year, she'll, she'll, uh, she'll have it sitting out. And as, as she, as the year progresses and things move on, things that they prayed for, things they've been believing for, and God answers, they write a little note, what it was and what God answered. They put the little piece of paper and put it in the jar. I think that's awesome. And so at the end of the year, they'll, un- they'll open the jar, pour out all the blessings and all the answer prayers, and they just thank the Lord. Just that's a memorial. This is what God has done. You know, I, I try to journal every day, and I know that may not be popular for guys, and I don't do diaries. It's not a diary, it's a journal. And uh, just a manly way of saying diary. And uh, so, but I, I've, I've been writing it every day or, uh, and you know what I write? I don't write just the good things. I write the bad stuff. I write down some things, the, the mistakes I did make. I write down the, the things that I don't really want to be sharing, but I'll, I'll write that stuff down or, because I think when my children are older, my boys and my girls, they open up that journal. They won't just see failures. They'll see God's victories. They won't see mistakes. They'll see God's grace. Yeah. 
And I think it's good to be transparent, to have the real deal. I mean, Peter's story, the good and the bad, the ugly was all in the Bible. And we learn from it. So I'll, I hope my, my kids someday can say, you know what, here's a memorial of my dad's life, my parents' life, that he walked with the Lord. And so we have to preach the story, that our God story. We, every one of us has a God story. So not only do we preach what God has done, but we also pray in faith. Pray. If, this section say pray. Say in faith. Pray in faith. There's a difference between prayer and praying in faith and believing what you're actually praying. Look what, look what Jesus says in Mark chapter 11. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you have received them and you will have them. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you have received them and you will have them. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Let that start knocking down the walls of doubt. Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I'm just speaking that over my life right now. I didn't say this. Jesus said this. I just have enough brains to say, hey, I believe that. Whatever things you ask, believe that you receive them and you will have them. The prayer of faith. The prayer of faith. You know, there's so many times where I can, I'll pray, but Am I really praying of faith? You know, my, I'll get a little bit honest with you guys and transparent with you all. Because we're family, right? We could do this. My wife said uh, the other day, she said, you know, people are, you know, when they ask me, hey, how y'all doing? What's going on? Tim, what's going on? And I said, oh, just trust in God. Just believe in God. And she said, Jason, am I really? That kind of puts it in the light, doesn't it? Are we really believing God? Are we really trusting God? Or are we just going through religious motions? There's a difference between prayer and praying in faith. Jesus moves past a million people to find someone who has faith. Someone who has faith. Someone who has faith. He moves on faith. Whatever you're needing, a healing in your physical body, maybe you need healing in your mental, emotional, relational. Maybe you need a miracle in your resources and your finances. Maybe your kids are wayward and pray in faith. Let me tell you this. I'm a standing miracle from the prayers of my mama. Prayers of parents are powerful. God is receiving every one of those. You just keep on praying. You just keep on believing. They're going to come back to the Lord. And I thank God for a praying mama. She brought me back. So not just do we, not do we just, we preach and we pray in faith. This is a good one. We praise when we see God move. We praise when we see God move. You know, I feel like sometimes I'm going from need to answer, from need to answer from need to answer, without even stopping 
and just saying, thank you, God. Thank you for what you've done. Look at Romans chapter 1, verse 20. Paul, this is Paul talking about those who are, who are sinful, who don't even worship God, who are not Christ followers, but who, who just rebel against him. For the, since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify, glorify him as God, nor were thankful but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Did you hear that? They knew God, but they didn't glorify him and they didn't thank him. And I have to ask myself, do I, do I just not know God, but am I glorifying God? Am I saying, thank you, God? When I see the miracles, daily miracles of his, of his protection, of, of his provision, do I pause and say, thank you. Thank you, God. I praise you. Because there is power in thanksgiving. The Bible says that we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Before we can get to the courts and into the Holy of Holies, we got to come through the gates of thanksgiving. Not just three or four weeks out of, in the month of, Jan- of November, but, but every week of the year to be thankful for what God has done. And I'm telling you, the best parts of being thankful, the best seasons to be thankful is when the need is the greatest. When the answer is delayed. Those, raise your hand if you've been following Jesus for 10, 20, 30 years or more. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. When the, the prayer is not unanswered, the prayer is just delayed. The prayer, you haven't seen full fruition yet. You haven't seen it come to pass yet. That's the hardest spot to be thankful. That's the hardest season to give praise Because Jesus delights in the sacrifices of praise. Give sacrifices of praise. Sometimes it is a sacrifice to praise God. After you kick the dog in the morning on your way to church, you're yelling at the kids and you're yelling at your wife and she's yelling at you and you walk in the door and say, good morning, brother. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, praise God. But you're not. You're there because life is hard. And it's a sacrifice to even come and praise God. Oh, but man, I've learned in my life in just the short season that we have been married and and been Christ followers. That's the most blessed part to be because he answers. He's there on the praises of his people. You know, this month um, on the Jewish calendar is the month of Elul. How many people know Jesus is not American? I mean, you know, that would be cool if he was, but he's not. He doesn't operate necessarily in our calendar, you know, the Gregorian calendar. He has a, you know, the Jewish calendar. But this month, Elul, is the last month in the Jewish calendar. This is the end of their year. And then the month of Rosh Hashanah is the first month of their new year. And so right now, what the tradition is, is that they pause, kind of like our tradition in December, is that they pause and they remember what God has done for them this year. They'll repent of their sins, they'll repent of their unbelief, but they will remember what God has done this year. I think that's pretty fitting for us now. You know, we're first Wednesday back. You know, we're kind of kind of coming out of that the season of, of summer. We're entering to a new season. I feel like the four last four months are kind of all jumbled together anyways. We're kind of coming into a new season. The kids are back in school. How appropriate it is for us to remember what God has done this year thus far.